Hello, everyone, and welcome down to episode 111.5 of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, here in Ocean Grove, Victoria, Australia, and the guy in your other ear, it's Cam Blake in Hobart, Tasmania, Australia. Hello, Cameron. Hello, Brendan. How are you today? Very, very well, thank you. And we are coming at you on the audio channels only. There ain't no video this week. That's no, why is that? uh, something a bit new for us, Cam. It is. We're doing a special audio only edition of this show, aren't we, today? Yeah. Uh, and the reason is because we did uh, episode 111, which everyone's watched. Over three or 400 people have watched that. Thank you very much, uh, everyone who's watched that. It's a brilliant episode, very well edited by yourself and put together. Had nothing um, to do with it. <laughs> but it's full of lots of images, yes. which we figured out probably doesn't work for audio. So we thought no, we'd better right. chuck something in the middle just to entertain people while we can. Mm. They say a pitch is worth a thousand words, so here's a few thousand for you. Um, Bad luck. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool idea, actually. I think you came up with this, Cam, so thank you. Um, but welcome. yeah, we just wanted to fill in the gaps because, as Cam said, the the uh, the three capes walk was full of video and photos. Um, mm. Part two of the three capes walk is going up as we speak or as you guys are listening to this. So uh, when this goes up, you can flick over to our YouTube channel and see part two of the three capes walk, hopefully, if I've done my job right. So you've done that, have you? It's all edited, ready to go. It is all edited and it is um, sitting there waiting Excellent. to be launched in unison with this very audio episode. So beautiful for your, for your viewing pleasure. So backgrounds, don't need to worry about, do we? <laughs> this my, is great. My, my background is a unicorn flying over a rainbow uh, hey, I, over over Niagara Falls. I had the same one. Oh, there you go. Quite but I took it from the other angle. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, was a, it was a five-legged unicorn. Uh, now, before before we launch, um, I, I feel like Cam. I've spent more time with you in the last few months than than I might have with my wife. It's <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting a bit. We've like seen that, a fair bit it? of each other. Yeah, it is. It's it's good. Um, it we probably need a break, but um, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, we were yeah, no, on we a have. Break. We've been pr we're pretty busy. We've had the down south photo show workshops. Yes, we've done the three capes walk. Yes. Um, and then we've played golf the other day, which was another great day, which uh, well done to you putting on another great uh, golf yes. classic, number 18, 17, 18. 18th annual Brendan Photography Golf Classic was yeah, run and won on the weekend, which was a lot of fun. Fantastic. And the good man in your other ear jumped on the big bird and came across and played in it. So thank you yes. once again, Cam. Did well too, yeah. almost defended your title. Yeah, I didn't disgrace myself. I actually you certainly did You not. know what? That's I reckon it's probably the most enjoyable game of golf I've had in a long time where um had a great group playing group and um we just hit the ball and just had a bit of fun and yeah uh it was good to catch up with everyone and then yeah it was an interesting little course it was a little bit tricky and interesting um, one word for it yeah it was all right we had a few issues with the holes and the the, <laughs> yeah. the tees and stuff like that but it all worked it worked really well and it did work um, well. but but the main thing is I didn't walk home with the naga so no, that's the one thing I did not get no. the, the not a golfer's arsehole. It, that's funny. Thankfully. Everyone goes they they want to win it, but more importantly, they don't want to come Go last. Naga. They don't want to come last. No, where'd you come? <laughs> you you were almost last though, weren't you? Uh, I finished a very respectable, very respectable thirteenth uh, at out a of... field of seventeen. So, I... <laughs> right. yes. that's all right. I, I I did get an invite back for next year, so that's the main thing. Well. Yes, and uh, I look forward to next year as long as the dates don't clash with the six thousand workshops we're doing next year. But it's pretty crazy. Um, the the workshop schedule uh, Cam uh, very kindly sort of released to me and then to the greater audience his 2025 schedule, which sounds berserk to be saying that at the end of February 2024. But 
in this day and age, people like to get organized yeah. and people like to book things in advance. So um, they sure do. For your viewing pleasure, jump over to Cam's website and uh, have a look at his 2025 workshop dates mm. and uh, jump on one. I highly recommend them. Or even better, you could jump on the dsps.com.au workshop site. Absolutely. And we have uh, next year's workshops up there as well, ready to yeah. rock and roll. So I've had a busy day updating lots of things. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm quite impressed, actually. You've, you've put in the hard yards, slaving over a keyboard all day. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? Like, you're right. People are booking well well in advance. Like, yeah. in the last couple of years, I've noticed, like, being about six to 12 months out was okay. People used to sort of work around that. And now it's like, what, what are you doing second half of 2025? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing this year. But, That's right. Um, but people, I guess, yeah, looking forward ahead, maybe people want a bit more time to save up some some dollars to come along. And maybe it's, you yeah. know, I know there's a lot of workplaces that seem to be a bit annoying with booking leave. They're like, oh, you need to tell us, you know, a decade in advance what day you're off. But <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, it's interesting that it's yeah. all going like that. But, uh, yeah, that's, you know, you got to follow the trends and that's what people want. And um, um, that's what fantastic, people get. Fantastic to see on your schedule. Um uh, another international workshop being added. Yes, yes. Um, very exciting, Cam. I mean, it's so cool to see. It. Well, I mean, I've watched your business grow over the years, and you know, to see you go from hosting basically, you know, one day events around Hobart and things like that into yeah. multi day events across Tasmania, across Australia, and now across the world. It's uh, must be mm. must be really exciting. You must be proud of yourself. Um, you know what? That's the second time someone said that to me this week. Mm-hmm. Which is mother. That was my mother that said that the other night, <laughs> right, right, right after she forgot my birthday was the next day. But that's okay. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's grown. Um, I actually sent out an email to everyone today to my subscriber list to saying thank you. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think, I don't think we do that enough as business owners. Like, I think we get so busy and locked down in our work and what we're doing that, you know, we will say to people as they like, oh, as you would in your store, like, thanks for coming in, see you next time, type of thing. But. Yeah. You know, sometimes it gets a little bit just, you know, repetitive that, you know, you're not really sincerely saying thank you. It's just a habit. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, you know, it's going along well. I, I, I've, I've no illusions that it could stop at any time, but, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep we'll keep going and we'll keep putting yeah, them out right. there. I think pe- people are keen to travel around a bit more. I think I think what the demand is for, particularly for photography workshops, and, and we're under no illusions here, there, there's plenty of yeah. choice when it comes to photography workshops. But like most things, um, in any kind of industry, the cream tends to rise to the top. Um, and the workshop, people who run workshops the longest are generally running them the longest because they're the better ones. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it seems to be, well, I think particularly since COVID, I think there's been a few fly-by-nighters come in. Um, sure has. Who, yeah. who, who see um, the workshop uh market space as uh, something they need to conquer but um yeah they've failed miserably because you know <laughs> you don't have to be a genius to quickly work out if a workshop's no good and particularly to work out if a teacher's no good um yeah you know, you're not getting the results for one or they don't know they clearly don't know the area that they've taken you to yeah, they just they just plucked an area off the map and gone. Let's go there and, and see how yeah. it works. Yeah, yeah. Let's go there. Yeah. I've, I've never been there before. I feel like a holiday. I'll just go there and pretend that I'm running a workshop. Well, it's funny that there, there was a trend for a while where you did hear a fair bit of that, where people were saying, "Oh, look, I'm sure we were just paying for that guy's trip or that lady's trip to whatever location we went to." So 
that, that's a bit of a shame, but you're right. There's a lot of workshop operators out there and mm-hmm. there has been a lot since COVID. Um, you know, I've seen a lot more pop up since, since COVID's all kicked over. So, you know, you know, it's good. It's good to have competition. Um, but you know, um, I think I've had I've had a few run-ins in the last couple of weeks, and I've actually been a bit pissed off to be honest about things last couple of weeks mm. uh, with customer service of places you go to. Yes, and people like the customer service these days where you go is just terrible at a lot of places, and I think that stems over to what we do. Like if we run a poor ship and don't give good customer service, or we don't give them a good experience, or we don't reply to emails, stuff like that, I think it I think it starts to reflect, and that's where, you, yeah. like you said, the cream rises to the top. Like. I, I try and pride myself on customer service. I know you do. And I think it just comes down to the fact that, you know, blowing our own trouble, but we're just a couple of nice guys who care about stuff and yeah. are happy to take the, happy to take the time to do stuff. But there's a lot of yeah. people out there that don't no, um, right. and, and just want to take people's money without real effort. So yeah, yeah, no. it's, uh, it's, I, it's interesting. Customer service and, and definitely integrity is something that seems to be lacking of late, yeah. I completely agree with you. Um, whether it be re- you know, in retail space or, or in um, you know, online support and help and things like that. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, having said that, um, I had an outstanding experience uh, yesterday with. Uh, I won't drop their name because uh, they're a big commercial enterprise. But uh, I, Apple. I had Apple had hmm? Apple. Definitely not Apple, but it does start with A, and that's as far as I'll go. And it okay. was uh, it was actually really really good. But um, I think I was telling you today, like even even like you go into a supermarket now, and you know it's all self serve. They want you to do it yep. all, but yeah. By the way, we're going to give you three um, three what are they called self serve things that take cash. Yep. Yeah, and then there's twenty others that you can tap on. Yeah, you know, for your credit card, and it was just yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Thanks, Coles. I'll name them. Coles. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to call that Nissan. So I've got my new car, right? <laughs> oh, we're on a rant. You know, we're going to get sued for sure on this episode. Um, <laughs> I got my car to get serviced today, and I've had this car off the lot, brand new. It's not yes. a cheap car, but I, you know, I traded a few things in and stuff. And the stereo has never worked properly. It, it, you know, when you press the OK, saying you won't do anything dangerous and play with your equipment. Mm-hmm. And then it loads up your maps. This doesn't load up. It just sits there saying loading map error, error. I took it back after the first thousand Ks. I took it back in between that and I took it back for its first service today. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll allocate some time to look at that and we'll pull it apart and have a look. All they've done is gone into the steering going, oh, no, the software is up to date. No problem. Yeah, right. So they, gave, they gave it back to me and said, oh, we couldn't really see the issue. You know, What was the issue again? I said, for the 13th time, this is what it is. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll book you in March and we'll have a look at that. I went, you know what? No. Nah. So I've written a massive letter of complaint to head this in Australia. Good. And the way that I look at it, like if we're going to give good customer service, and that's what we expect us to do, mm-hmm. it's surely it's not too hard to just offer some good service. And that's and it's it's things like yeah. that that you know taint the whole experience for you because you know that car you've got is a great vehicle. There's no question. Yeah. It's incredibly comfortable. It drives really well. It's got everything you need. Blah blah. Except, except one when five thing, star Dan's driving it. True. This one thing, you know. Yeah. And, that's and, right. And because they're not, they're not prepared to fix it for you. No. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, we've gone off. We're not a car show. We're not a car show. We're not a golf shoot. But it's like I'm sure people listening will all sit there. I'm sure everyone in their car at the moment is nodding their head going, <laughs> I could give you a thousand episodes <laughs> of where I've actually walked in somewhere and got absolutely shite customer service. Absolutely. It's not good enough. So, yeah. Yeah. That's why so, you come on a workshop with us because we are good at customer service. <laughs> 
That's exactly right. And just to cap off on that, uh, the Great Ocean Road workshop at the end of May is now sold out. So thank you yeah. to the uh, eight people, I think, that have bought. There is eight. Have bought the magic ticket onto the Great Ocean Road workshop. Um, yes. We've also got our uh, Tarkine and Cradle Mountain workshop, which is in April. That is also sold out. Why am I mentioning sold out workshops? I don't know. But we're here to uh, sort of announce and relaunch the Murray Mallee workshop for 2024. Yes. Um, so... Uh, the 2025 date's also up as well. But for 2024 yes. in October, uh, our awesome Murray Mallee workshop, which we uh, inaugurated last year and had an yes. absolute ball on and as did the eight participants that came along. So um, I wouldn't be surprised and available. I wouldn't be surprised if one of those eights book again. Yeah, it was certainly, I, I loved it because it was just so unique. It yeah, really def unique definitely workshop. different. Definitely got some, uh, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like a taster for an outback workshop. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You, so think, you don't have to go somewhere stupidly outbacky remote, no. but you still get the same feeling that you are. Yeah. And and for me it was the variation in the different mm. shots that we got. If you know, from the from literally Murray to Mallee. So it was like, you know, yeah. on the water and then you're in the desert and then you're yeah. in you know, places like the Piney Settlement and the shearing sheds and the, you know, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Absolutely brilliant. So um that's we don't have to plug it. People will can jump on nah. and it's in October. It that's one thing. October fifteen to nineteen, I think it is. That rings a bell. So jump on to dsps.com.au and check that out. Now let's talk about the three capes, Cam, because that's what we're here to talk about for people that uh wanted to get an audio uh, podcast up. That's right. So if you've just tuned in, skip to about 10 minutes in, pass all the <laughs> hatred for customer service and go to the bit that you want to listen to. Uh three capes. What what did you think, Brendan? Uh, I'm every time I think about it, I get a smile on my face. Um, thinking back very fondly about that little walk. Yep. Um, it's not that little really. It's uh, it's marketed I think as 48 k's or something like that. I, I feel yeah, like we did k's. a fair bit more. It was just felt, um, yeah. I, I, which is great, mind you. I'm not complaining. Um, the quality of the track. I mean, my goodness, it felt yeah. like. You know, it's the difference between so if we compare the overland to the three caves, it's the difference between driving down a dirt country road to a freeway. <laughs> tell you what, I'll tell you what it's like. The difference between the overland track and the uh, three caves track is like playing a Point Lonsdale golf course or playing the one we played on the other day, <laughs> Royal Ocean Grove. I wasn't um, going to name mention. I was going to name names, but the, you're um, right. Yeah. The, yeah, the infrastructure. I mean, amazing. The, the way the track's been set up and clearly millions of dollars have been spent on the track and it millions, shows. Tens of millions, yeah. Yeah, it shows in the in the way that, the, the you know, not not at any point did I feel unsafe, did I feel uneasy, did, was my no. footing unsure. You know, um, the maintenance on that track is absolutely phenomenal. So uh, hats off to Parks Tasmania for the work that went yep. into that track. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a different experience. Um, different in the way, not necessarily of scenery. Like the scenery was mind blowing, and it is it's great on the overland track. It's great any walk in Tasmania, you're mm -hmm. going to get views to die for. Yes. But the the different point of view or different point of sale for this is that you're right. The track is the track is groomed. Like at no stage did I ever feel, and I've got dodgy ankles, as you know, mm. at no stage did I feel like I was going to roll my ankle on something or mm. a root or a rock that was loose. Um, so the track was incredible. It was fairly easy walking, although long at times. Yeah. Um, 
it was amazing. And then you go to the huts and that's just a different level. Like <laughs> the huts were just, you walk in and it was funny the the way they've built them, like they're, they're meant to obviously mold into the landscape, which is yeah. great. But I, like the first hut I walked in, I, I straight away went, well, this is pretty fancy. But mm. then you get in there and then the attention to detail of everything in there that, mm. you know, the mattresses are nice and soft. You know, you've got PowerPoint, you've got pots and pans, you've got yoga mats, you've got, you know, sun chairs and deck chairs on the deck. Like yeah. there was all these little things that I kept looking at going, oh, this is not hiking, but it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. It's like they've maximized what you can achieve in still a rustic sense, if that makes any sense whatsoever. And still, it's, it's yep. sort of... It does feel like you're isolated, which is great. Um, yes. You know, there's no TV. There's no, you know, there's well, none of that. You, there is Netflix if you had your phone. True. You um, <laughs> you had well, there's the internet. Well, this is the other thing about the three caves is there's phone service pretty much the whole way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like the stainless steel, um, you know, cooktops and the and the and the and the tables, everything was immaculate and so clean. And and I think what happens on the three capes walk is people turn up to these immaculate places and kind of want to keep it that way. Like yeah. it's straight up. People look after it. It feels like, um, yeah. I th oh, correct me if I'm wrong, Cam, but I think that those huts have been operational now for quite a few years. Uh, uh, it's about nine years now, nine years. And there's been maintenance yeah. along the way, obviously, but they still look like the day they were built. Like they're, they're incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, and I really enjoyed yeah. the, you know, the, the, the rooms were great. There's eight people to a room, but it's sort of separated into two lots of four. Um, so if you're doing it with a small family, if there was four of you in a family, for example, you could easily just get one end of those little huts to yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which and very what cool. I also liked, I thought was really great. Like the Overland track, you have a ranger every second hut or thereabouts. Yeah. And they're fantastic rangers and they're, um, they do a great job. But these guys, I think were they, they weren't necessarily rangers. They're more of a host. Yeah. Um, and that was the big difference for me as well. Like usually when you walk into the overland track, you might see the the host or the ranger on the overland track for half an hour doing stuff. Then they just sort of, you go about your business, you don't see them. But on the on the three capes, they were there. They were part of the day. Then they went to bed when they went to bed. But, you know, they were, they were there hanging around when everyone rocked up. They checked everyone in. They made sure everyone was okay. They had a bit of a chat. They did some cool poems and some really cool historic talks about things. I thought that was also added to the level of the walk is that, you, at no stage did you ever feel unattended, which yes, which I thought was good. Like you still had your isolation when you're walking, but it was I just felt super safe and comfortable. Yeah. Um, which for people that are starting out hiking, that's one of the big things they worry about. It's like, well, you know, on day three of the overland track, seventeen kilometers. What happens if I get stuck halfway? You know, mm. you know, is someone going to see me? But on the three capes, it's almost you don't want to be pulled into a false sense of security, but you almost feel like you're you're well and truly, you know, looked after the whole way, which yeah. it's, a, it's a beautiful feeling. And yeah, apart from the blade, that's a little bit unattended. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, yes. <laughs> I think I think the uh, um, the thing that we're, we're quite lucky as well is we nailed the weather. We had we had fantastic conditions. Um, I always deliver the weather. What are you talking about? Sure, of course you do. Um, <laughs> you know, we had we had low to mid twenties. We had blue yep. skies for the majority. Um, it was really, really nice. Um, you know, it would be, I'd love to have a crack at it in winter. It'd be completely yeah. different. I mean, for the photography alone. So let's get into that. The photography on mm. the Three Capes Walk, um, be ready for a lot of uh, perched views. So you're always high 
on the cliff. I mean, aside from day one, obviously, where you're at sea level and you start walking your way up. But, yeah. you know, the highlight of the three capes is these staggeringly tall cliffs, which I must admit I wasn't prepared for. I, I knew that, mm. you know, anyone can say these cliffs are 300 metres tall, which are the tallest cliffs, sea cliffs in the Southern Hemisphere, which I always yeah. thought was a great Australian bite, but apparently it's not. It's at uh, yeah. it's on the three capes. And, um, you know, it's not until you actually stand atop one of these cliffs and you peer over the edge and mm. she's just a vertical drop. It's, to... that's, that, that's the thing. It's, it, it's yeah. literally a straight line. Yes. It's, it's now, not, it's not, it's not a tumble off a few rocks and then you hit the water. It's just a pure plummet. <laughs> it's a straight down. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah it's it crazy. Is. And, and it's breathtaking. Like it literally puts your heart in your mouth. Now, for those listening who are talking, who are considering doing the three case, don't worry. You can go as close to the edge of these cliffs as you feel comfortable doing. So, which is what like, I did. Yeah. There's not like one part of the walk where they make you, you know, perilously walk along the edge. It's not like that. All the tracks are well back from the edge. It's very well signposted when you're coming up to a cliff area. They tell you yeah. to keep the two meters back and all that sort of stuff. So don't worry about that. But uh, when you do get up the bravado to just have a quick peer over the edge, yeah, she, uh, yeah. She that's the up. thing that, that's the thing that was doing my head in the whole time. Cause I'm not, I'm okay with heights, but I'm, I, I'm not great with heights sometimes. And I talk myself into it. Yeah. And there was a couple of moments, like, especially on the blade, I'm like, I really want to go out and have a look at that. And I know it's completely safe because the rocks yeah. have been there for a million years. Yeah. It's only if I do something stupid that I'm going over the edge. Yeah. But it, as you're sitting there, your brain just goes, no, nah, I don't think so. No, I'm not going to do yeah. it. Well, you've got, there's you that level of trust in yourself, isn't there? That you're not going to well, all of a is. sudden just, you know, put a wrong yeah. foot and all of a sudden you're slipping. Yeah. 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 No, no, that was um, so, so just so people know, so the cliffs of Cape Pillar, Cape Ryle, and Cape Hoy, which is the three capes that we're on, are the highest sea cliffs in the southern hemisphere. Mm, incredible. Uh, the the tallest cliffs in the world are actually in Hawaii, and they're a thousand meters high. The holy smokes! Yeah, so imagine sitting on the edge of those. But yeah, um, yeah um, it's it's pretty crazy. So yeah, um, but you're right. Like it's very well signposted. Um, but yeah, every now and then you just want to eke, eke up to the edge and just go, what's over there? Yeah. Or you could rig up a tightrope walk and do the walk across that. You saw, that was crazy. I didn't see that in person, but you guys saw that, didn't you? Absolute insanity that we got to, uh, Cape Pillar, which was just after the blade walked yep. out to Cape Pillar. And there's a section there now. I'm probably going to get this wrong. I think it's called, is it called the chasm or is it called? The chasm, something? That was, no, it was called the chasm. That's right. The chasm. Yep. And the chasm, folks, is literally two vertical cliffs with a span of about, I want to say, 30, 40 meters in between them. Yep. And it's amazing. You look through this gigantic gap and you sort of keep looking down. It's like, where the hell's the bottom of this thing? Oh, my God. And then, <laughs> and, and right then. between the chasm, <laughs> these daredevils um, put a tightrope across there. Um, yeah. Just um, And then decide, yeah. Anyway, you'll see it on the video when uh, it, there is that clip on that video. So yeah, um, excellent. Yeah, it's it, just, it, it, just nuts. Even the video that was, uh, I think Michael, his name was Michael, and his partner, who we were in the group with the whole time. Lovely I'm glad couple. Someone got his name because uh, I want to credit to him on the video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's Michael. I don't know his last name, but and okay. I didn't catch her name, but um, but it, when even when he showed me that video, I got I got vertigo just watching that. I'm like, yeah, 
how the hell, like, no one has balls that big <laughs> to go walking 40 meters below above a, a 200, 300 meter drop. Like, that was just exactly incredible. So, so you know, the things you see. Yeah. And, and, uh, getting things back to photography that the decision to head off at sunrise on day three was, was very, very well made, I think, because it just, not only did it give us the sunrise overlooking Tasman Island, which was, you know, in my mind's eye, the jewel in the crown of this whole walk is yeah. that view when you look over Tasman Island. But it also gave us the track to ourselves. Um, yes, it did. Which was brilliant. When you think back, we never saw one other person all the way we out to Cape Pillar. We did not see a single person on the way out. Yep. And only because we left before you did, because you and uh, Jack went out to Cape Pillar a bit further, and Dan yes. and I went back. We back, didn't. Yeah. We we didn't see anyone. We saw that that young guy that we were talking to with the long hair, and yep. um, the guy that was talking to us the first couple of nights. We saw him um, just as you got down the bottom before you started heading up towards the blade, and yep. then the next, and he left early. The next people we saw after that weren't until after the first stop we stopped at. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we were a couple of Ks back. So we yeah. getting up early, which credit to you, you forced us all to do it and made us all do it. <laughs> you may or may not have walked out pointing your, you know, MCG torch in my face on the way out. That was good. <laughs> that woke me up. Um, but yeah, it was a great decision. And the fact that you don't have to carry a pack out there yeah, makes makes a huge difference. Like we're, we're smashing that pace on the way out there. We're doing almost four kilometers an hour walking, which is pretty yeah, fast. I mean- the sunrise was beckoning, wasn't it? Like it, yes. we saw it, we, we had it. And as photographers, you look at the conditions and it's like, yeah, these look pretty good. Now I must admit that the conditions at sunrise when we got to that view could have been better. Um, yeah. I sort of, and you don't know until you get to these places and this is the beauty of it. Photographically, mm. I was picturing the light lighting up the cliffs, but in actual fact, it was on the other side. So we weren't in yeah. the best position for it. However, we still got some nice color in the sky. We managed to get a bit of light on the rocks and things like that. So yeah. it was still more than worth it. But what it did was it told me, righto, next time I'm at the three capes, yeah. I'll know where I need to be and when I need to be there. We'll do sunset there. So the lights. Look, I, I think so. I think mm. so. And and given that just to walk to that view is loosely four, four and a half Ks, that's not too bad. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. Of course, you'll be coming back in the dark, but who cares? Like, whatever. That's well. That's the thing about that track, though. You could almost walk that in the dark. Like it, oh, it was board. It was boardwalk and flat gravel. Most you could of the walk way. the whole three capes in the dark. Yeah. You, yeah. you would not get lost. No. 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 Well, if you got a head torch. When I say in the dark, I mean with a torch. But you know, you could. You but could it, easily like, do it, it. But I could even picture walking that track under a full moon. You oh, could do it easily. Easily. Yeah. No. No yeah. question at all. Um. Yeah, so as I say, the, the the big highlight was was day three of doing that sunrise walk, getting yeah. to spend it with yourself and with Dan and with Jack. Oh, um, well, I think the four of us had a real appreciation for it, and yeah. um, it sort of it, it helped that we it was just the four of us out there. That was that was yeah. absolutely awesome. I may have yahooed and carried on when I saw that view. Well, we're gonna get we're gonna get to your yahoo and carry on with the photo <laughs> photography word of the week, aren't we? Oh, um, we, will, we will soon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, and it's um, it is great. Like you know, every like you guys are all legends, and I love hanging out with you guys, as you know. Um, but to me, it was a really nice moment for my cousin Daniel. That was his first hike he'd done. Yep, his first multi-day hike. He's obviously walked places, but um, I had a look at him a couple of times at that first stop where we all stopped, and 
Like he, you could just see in his face that he was just in awe. Like he's like, yeah. that this, this is not real. And it was almost at that moment I felt like saying, I think I might have said, I said, well, welcome to landscape photography, Dan. This is why we get up early. Yeah. And this is why we sort of come back with a smile on our face when everyone else is just getting out of bed. Yeah. It's because we get to see these moments with light and time and conditions that not many people see the way we see it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he really appreciated the the beauty of it. And like I said, being his first walk, I think I think he's got the bug. He's, I spoke to him today and he's, he goes, I've been I'm back to the gym, mate. I'm back to the gym. I'm working out. And I said, that's oh, good. good. He goes, I've had a cliff bar for breakfast every day. Uh, I've been eating cheese and crackers for breakfast, for lunch and a, and a peanut peanut butter wrap. He goes, and I'm just having my nice dinner. He goes, I'm, I'm right into this. So, you know, the hiking side of things is giving him a bit of a kick up the bum. And yeah, um, for those who don't follow Dan, he's got a, a little Facebook page called The Travelling Dan. Uh, he puts up all his travels on there and the photos. So go check that out. He's got some photos up there he's put up there. Uh, just yesterday so yeah. but yeah like having those moments with people that you you have a lot of a lot in common with a lot of friendship with it makes it special it's just you know you and i will never forget that moment no on the edge of cliff ever no and 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 the thing for me uh, as well uh, and we'll get more into the photography of it in a sec but I, I think for me the experience of going to that place the first thing i thought was i've I got to bring my family here that the kids yeah. got to see this um yes that's that's how highly i um rate the three capes walk is that yeah. uh everyone and accessibility wise 90 percent of people can do that walk so um yeah you know uh definitely yeah if you if you're able to book yourself into the three capes um photographically speaking cam uh were you happy with the gear that you took uh yeah mostly yep yep um yep. I, I borrowed a couple i borrowed your lens a couple of times Yep. And I borrowed Dan's tripod for three shots. Yeah. Um, but overall, uh, I was very happy actually. So yep. um that that camera, the OM1 with the like uh, eight to eighteen lenses, it's a really versatile landscape lens, like for wide angle stuff. And then I just had that little 75mm uh, 1.8, which just gets you into those scenes a bit nicer. Yeah. A bit nicer. But yeah, I was really happy. I didn't I went I didn't even go through a whole battery, which is yep. great. Um I was able to carry the camera. I had a little wrist strap and just had the camera in my hand the whole way. And I have a little, my little gear bag on there, which people who watched episode 111 will see we had little gear bags on. Yep. Um, so I was really happy. Would I have taken anything else? I don't think so. I would have loved to have taken my big, big lens. Yeah. Just to, like, you got a couple of great shots, right? Especially on that night too, that Munro hut, yeah. looking down at that archway that you noticed and really yeah. isolating the end of that that peninsula down there and that that cape. That was really cool. I would have loved to have had a long lens to do that. Yeah. Um, but overall, I was really happy. Yeah, the gear was good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have, and it was light, lightweight. Um, my yeah. whole my whole kit including my sleeping bag, food, all that kind of stuff was 8.3 kilos for the whole trip, yeah. including camera gear. Yeah. Which is ludicrous. Which is a day pack weight. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So that, and that's what, what you're saying about getting your family down there. I, I'm really keen to get my, at least one of my, my oldest kid down there. Yeah. Uh, Autumn's really keen to go start walking that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, you could easily just give them a day pack, a bit of food. Is there an age limit? Not, I don't think there's an age limit. On the I don't think pack. there is. I don't think I would assume, is, I think. well, I mean, I don't think you want to take a three year old, but I, I, I would assume no. that, you know, within reason, like a, a young teenager could easily do it. I, yeah. I, I would say, really, I would say anyone above eight years old would be okay on that. Yep. Um, if right. they've had a, if they've had a bit of practice and they've slipped yes. in a, 
something overnight and been away from mum and dad for an overnight or whoever it is yeah, and stuff. But exactly. Um, what about you? Did you were you happy with your choice? Uh, very. Um, yeah. That that hundred taking the hundred to four hundred was. Uh, I'm really glad I did. It was one of those things where, uh, you know, I on the overland I only had the forty to one fifty, um, mm. which is for those playing along at home is a 300 millimeter equivalent in 35 mil speak having hundred to 400 gave me 200 to 800 mil in 35 yep. mil film speak. Now, given that a lot of the views were from such a high perch um, that's where the hundred to 400 sort of came into its own for the, you know, landscape within the landscape. I, I probably should, Probably shouldn't have taken. I, I took a twenty mil f one seven, which I only used a couple of times, uh, and I took the ma- the sixty mil macro. The yep. the sixty mil macro came only came in handy a couple of times for some actual macro photography, but also for a couple of landscapes because mm. I had my seven to fourteen, so a fourteen to twenty eight in film yep. speak, and then I had a bit of a gap to my sixty, and then a gap again to my hundred to four hundred. So I actually borrowed Dan's 12 to 100 a couple of times out at Cape Hoy. Yep. Um, and managed to jag, well, one of my favorite shots of the trip, which which is the totem pole. Yeah, um, yeah. Only because the the 60 mil, um, well, the, the 100 mil was way too tight. The 60 mil wasn't quite wide enough, even though I shot a panorama with it to get the totem pole. Yep. Then when I put the 12 to 100 on, it was like, doy, that's, that's the one. So... Yeah. Next time I'll get rid of the 20 mil f1.7. That was pretty pointless. The 60 mil macro, get rid of that. And then I'd carry the three lenses, the 12 to 100, the 7 to 14, and the 100 to 400. Um, yeah. And I completely agree with you. Um, with your taking that 150 to 400 f2.8 would, uh, sorry, f4 would F4, be, yeah. would be absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, there Apart was a couple of- like a complete wanker carrying well, that big lens out there. Surely, yeah. surely you get looks. Yeah, you would. But so what? You're getting the photos. Um, yeah. The the little hack I came up with to keep my camera. Yes. Up yes. Here. That, that um, was revolutionary. That was. When I sorry, this is audio. When I say up here, so I had my um, my backpack on and my hiking pack, obviously, and then my little camera bag at the front of me, which is on a strap, and that created a little area of strap where I could actually hook my hundred to four hundred. Uh, its tripod mount onto my strap with the camera still attached to it. And yeah. it was great. All of a sudden I was hands-free. I could use my walking poles. Thank you, Sally, for getting me walking poles for Christmas. Um, <laughs> I can actually it's... walk after the walk this time. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that about your little hack with that 100 to 400. My mum watched the, the other day when I was up there playing golf and I went back to mum and dad's house. Yeah. And mum's like, oh, how'd you walk? I said, well, you can watch part one if you like. And she watched it. <laughs> and, uh, as soon as you did that, you did a bit of it in the video showing where you were holding yes. the, the the tripod mount and the thing. And the first thing mum looked at me, she like, surely that's going to fall off during the video somewhere. I'm like, well, you have to keep watching like a hook. You have to keep watching. <laughs> um, but yeah, and Lisa said the same thing. She's like, surely that'd fall out. I said, it didn't. I said, that's what I was worried about, like a little yeah. stumble or something. And yeah, um, but you were, you were pretty happy with that little hack. And it, like I said, it makes yeah. your hands free. You can walk with poles. Yeah. And well, the, the thing yeah. that kept it there was the weight of the lens. Like it was, yeah. and because yeah. the strap that I had was had a bit of give to it, so it sort of made its own little V there, and it yeah. just yeah, it was right. perfect. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, that it was good. Um, I, I must confess, the hundred to four hundred did take a tumble, but oh. not, but Off not out camera. of there, not out of there. Oh. So um, right. when oh, we're at I think that. I'm at- 
Yeah. When we were at that lookout where the mist was clearing, just yes, just before right. you guys got there, I had the hundred to four hundred sitting on a rock and it rolled off. Oh wow! So <laughs> it was nearly a nearly a Mount Buffalo moment, but it luckily uh, rolled Mount, back the other way. So that was the top of Mount Fortescue. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Top yeah, of that yeah. climb. So yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Like, and again, like I, I'm very lucky. I've never really dropped any gear and stuff like that, but. Yeah. Um, it's very easy just to, especially when you're tired, especially after you just like, that's a, that's a good oh, yeah. climb that Mount Fortescue yeah. Yeah. and you, you just want to put your gear down for a second and then you turn around and bang, something knocks it. Yeah, exactly. So you got to be careful. Um, is there something that you wish you should have taken that you didn't in gear wise, like anything mm -hmm. extra that you would have thought, Oh, maybe I should have uh, taken this or taken that. Not, not particularly. I think, um, what, I really enjoyed doing was not only the photography clearly and shooting with the OM5 was fantastic. It's a bloody little workhorse, that thing. It's a great little camera. Um, having the Osmo Pocket 3 that, for doing the mm. video, that was a lot yeah. of fun. And it, and it wasn't until I was quite a way into the walk where I started to work out its power and what it can actually yeah. do in terms yeah, of shooting right. panoramas and shooting time lapses and things like that. And yeah. it's another part of photography being videography that, that I really enjoyed having that with me and having something that's so well image stabilized. And if you watch the videos, yeah. you'll see what I'm talking about. But that was cool. I just wanted to circle back to the, the carrying of the tripod. Now I, I ummed and ahed and it was, it was so close to leaving that thing in your car when we were going out yeah. from Port Arthur, I'm looking at it going, right. This is now or never. Cause it's, it's yeah. coming or I'm, I'm either taking this thing for a 48 K walk, or I'm actually going to use the bloody yeah. thing. Um, yeah. And in the end, I'm glad I had it because I yeah. managed to get, um, I think my favorite shot was from the lookout uh, overlooking Tasman Island. And there was that little rocky outcrop island. Yes. Yeah. And um, I put the 60 mil macro on, so 120 mil lens effectively. And if I didn't have the tripod, there was no way I was getting that shot. So yeah. pointing it straight down, um, I think I ended up doing, I was close to a four second exposure at one point. So yeah. um, the OM5 doesn't have that kind of image stabilization. The OM1 yeah. probably could, but the OM5 certainly doesn't. So having the tripod for that part was, yep. um, was, was paramount. So, uh, and, and I, it was funny because from then I used the tripod a little bit and then basically it was a passenger, like I'm just walking it out yeah. of there. So well, we walked the, down to the yeah. blade and, and instead of walking it all the way to the blade and back, I actually hid it in the bushes. That's right. You stashed <laughs> it in the bushes so you didn't have to carry it anymore. That's, That's right. right. And, and then grabbed it on the way back through. Grabbed it on the way back. It's it's funny. Like I, I didn't take a tripod and I look back now. I'm like, I don't think I missed it. Like yeah. I, I used Dan's for a couple of shots, but they were actually shots I did in like the high res mode. Because yes, I thought right. I thought yeah. I thought this is a really lovely scene. I'd like to maybe just take a really high res version of this, yeah. but I don't think I missed it. Um, obviously, if we're doing astro, then that would be a problem. Yes. Um, but I, I think I managed the shots I got early were okay sharpness wise and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So the only thing I would have probably the only thing I missed out that I probably should have taken was I should have taken a different strap for my camera. So I had a, I had this little wrist strap, but it was quite warm on the on the track, so every time we started walking up a hill, this strap was just saturated with sweat. Yeah, and I, and I had to take it off because it was sort of slipping a lot on my hand. So if I had my time again, I would have probably used a different strap, like maybe one of those sort of wet sooty type of straps or something they're called. Yep. Um, I would have done that, but overall, I was pretty happy with everything, and I don't think there was anything else. Like I said, I probably would love to take that one fifty to four hundred, and maybe next time I might if we do it again. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think everyone chose wisely in what they took 
uh, I think it met what they wanted to use it for. And I think yeah. everyone got some great shots out of it. So, yeah, definitely. Um, no, awesome. Uh, look, so yeah, just in, in summary, three capes, get on it, go do it. If you're, if you're yeah. into your photography, um, and you are, cause you listen to this show, uh, I, I challenge anyone to tell me a more spectacular landscape than, than yeah. that part of the world. Yeah, that, that's a fair call because it's, um, it's pretty hard to beat some of those views. And yeah. like, I, I've lived in Tassie now long enough to know most views, but I'd never done that walk before. Yeah. Um, but I, well, after, after I got back from there, I'm like, whoa, okay, this is one I'm, even if I do that cheat track straight up, you know, from Fortescue yeah. Bay to the yeah. Blade and, and camp a couple of nights at the campground and go out to that Blade again, there, there is shots galore to be had out there. And oh, um, we barely scratch the surface. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we're, when you do the three capes, you, you've got to be at a different hut each night. You can't double down and stay at the same hut twice. So you're under a little bit of time yeah. pressure to get in and get out. Um, so, that just means Cam will have to do the three capes another ten times before we tick it, yeah. tick it all off. Maybe, maybe what they should do is say it's two nights at each hut. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah it would be. Very, they'd very obviously cool. they'd only make half the money then, wouldn't they? True. Um, mm. Yeah. What did you think of the six hundred dollar fee? Um, I think it's reasonable. I think it's value. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the like if you look at the overland track, I think that's cranking up around about sort of two fifty now, three hundred. Yeah. yeah. Um. But you do, and yes, you get huts there, but you don't get the same sort of luxury no. with mattresses and stuff like that, and cooking and all that kind of stuff. So the overland track is definitely more self-sufficient yep. in that way. Um, look, to be honest, and this is a big plug for Taz Parks and Wildlife, not that they listen or care, but I would pay six hundred dollars to those hosts, the rangers. I, I think they are. I think they were very, very good ambassadors for the walk in Tassie, yep. and they they were they were extremely great with what professional what they did and made it really welcoming for everyone made it really easy to get around and all that kind of stuff so look 600 bucks it's what's at 200 bucks a day you get a boat ride you get a bus ride you get a soft place to put your head down i think it's like you said good value you get hot and cold running water you bait you get a shower on the second night if you want one well only if you complain enough yep <laughs> i didn't have one <laughs> no i didn't know i didn't have a shower you know no. um uh, but yeah, that was. I think I think it's great value. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, I guess if you're taking a family of four, it's probably gonna. That's twenty four hundred bucks. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gonna, no, I don't, it, I don't, it's not cheap. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if kids are different. Maybe there's a concession price for kids. I'm not sure, but possibly. Um. But yeah, look, it was great. I think it was great value, and um, and then you know, you'd almost pay six hundred bucks for that swim at the end, wouldn't you? Well, the only um, if I had to be clutch at straws and be a bit picky. The the walk out on the last day, sheesh, <laughs> particularly if you've done Cape Hoy. So the last day, you're basically, you're walking over Mount Fortescue for a start, mm. which is no mean feat in its own right. It's 400 meter climb, yep. That's right. You then get to a point where you can dump your pack, thankfully, and go back to a day pack for camera gear, which was great. The walk out to Cape Hoy, that's not easy either. Um, no. Up and down and up and down, out through the steps and all that. Uh, and then coming back, you know, the last section of that is literally a stair climb of 630 stairs. And I know this because I counted them. Yep. Um, that's just that one section back out to where your pack is. And from there on the sign, it says it's one hour. Now I challenge that. <laughs> well, this is, this is the, this is the funny thing. Cause I, I, I will let everyone know. I, I didn't do the Cape Hoy section because yeah, one, done I, I've done, I've done it a couple of times before 
but I also Dan had to get a flight, so I will I left early to get the bus and then go get the car, and I was going to meet you guys there. In the end, it turned out that Lisa and the kids came down for a swim. It worked out well, but um, I've I've done it a couple of times, but. When we got there, I don't. I think Dan and I got there a couple of minutes before you, and there was that group of four yeah. girls or three girls that were there, yeah. and they came up and uh, one of the girls said, "Well, that's four thousand three hundred steps, all the way in and out, like out and back, yeah. it's four and a half thousand steps, pretty much." But the walk back down, I did in forty five minutes, right? And you guys did it in about an hour, so clearly I was a bit fresher than you guys were, yeah, yeah, um, and that made the difference, and. Um, but mind you, like there was a lot of stairs going down on the way out. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. a heap of stairs. And I kept passing people coming up and it was hot. Yeah. And, and I'm like, God, oh, that's, that's actually a really hard day. I don't remember it being that long when I did it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was definitely a challenging last day for you guys for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So just a little heads up because you're on the last day of the walk, you've <laughs> already done three days of it. You know, you've been walking a lot. Yeah. Um, you get to a sign that basically says three capes walk and you're, oh, we're at the finish line. Well, no, you've still got another couple of Ks to walk to Fortescue Bay where yeah, you get that, the that's awesome cheeky. swim, where you get the yeah. awesome swim, mind you. So, but that, that's cheeky. I say, if I had to be picky, that'd be one thing. I, I think there's signs you know what? to be a bit more updated. That's very Tasmanian. There's a lot of walks around Tasmania where the start and finish sign is nowhere near the start and finish of the actual track. <laughs> so you walk in, you think, oh, start, oh, that, that's the finish, excellent. And then you're like, okay, we've still got two kilometres to go before we get there. Like the classic one of those is the walls of Jerusalem. So that's an hour and a half climb up, but it's like 40 minutes before you get to the sign that says, welcome to the walls of Jerusalem National Park. And you're like, Christ, have we only just, <laughs> have we only just started right. now? Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's like I said, you, you want to do a bit of training for the walk if you're going to do it. Yep. Um, but Definitely highly recommend, and I'm glad we all had a great time. Yep. And again, if you want to check out our adventures, flick over to our YouTube channel, have a look for uh, Three Capes Walk Part 1 and Part 2, which are now two. available for your viewing pleasure. Photography word of the week, Cameron. Yes. What are we looking at here? You're the one who has to pronounce it. This is <laughs> Now, now, before you do, yep. this, is a, this is a word that I have heard before, mm -hmm. and I, I've heard it. Only from about one or two people I've ever heard say this. Yes. And maybe those two people know each other or, or have coordinated before, I don't know. Right. But I heard this on our walk out to the Blade on that first morning. <laughs> and there was one in the group, one person in the group who was about, you were, you were the person in front and mm. you were you were on a mission to beat that light yes. and you took off. You got those calves and those quads going like nothing else. <laughs> but we were, we were a little bit behind you, but because the air was so clean down in Tassie and sound travels, we heard this word mm -hmm. screamed at a great, you know, yes. a great audio volume. And that yes. word is... What's the photogasm? Photogasm. Could yes. you please explain the definition of photogasm? Well, and I, you know, photo... I'm going to I'm going to Google this while you do it and see if it's actually please in do. a well, dictionary. Uh, look, I mean, it's basically uh, a landscape photographer's um, nirvana, I suppose, and finding bliss in landscape photography. Well, any kind of photography, I guess. But when I came around the corner and saw that view over Tasman Island, uh, again, the jewel in the crown of the walk. Yes. I think it is. Um, I got a bit excited, yahooed and carried on and, um, yeah, ma made some noises that were maybe a little bit inappropriate. And uh, that was an all-time photogasm for sure. 
Yes, it was. So uh, the Urban Dictionary definition for photogasm is okay. actually in there. Well, there's yes. photogasmic and right. photogasm. Uh, capturing a photo, there's everything you meant to capture and beyond and becoming so excited when viewing on, on your camera's LCD screen, you gasp, clench your camera tight and say, oh, my God, and let out a deep breath. Yeah. Oh, my God, these photos are turning out amazing. I'm so excited. I'm excited. I'm having a photogasm. <laughs> That's the, the example there. You summed it up right there. They're pretty much so. Yeah, there you go. That's your that's your word. That's your word Love of the it. week. Love it. Um, we're getting yeah. close to the end of this podcast, people. So yeah. quickly, um, uh, dear Cam, we'll have back on our regular channel uh, next yeah. week. Uh, beer donations, please, Cameron. Uh, we have Mel H and Sean M, who have uh, graciously donated some amber ale to amber liquid to us. Thank you. If you would like to donate us a beer, uh, head to dsps.com, donate us a beer, buy us a beer, head to dsps.com.au and click on the buy us a beer link. It's greatly yes. appreciated. It helps us cover the few costs of running the channel. So thank you very much. Excellent. Um, we're and we get to drink beer. We get to drink beer. We've already plugged our Great Ocean Road that's now sold out. So that's great. Yes. Yes. We've got the Murray Mallee coming up in October. Um, yes. Again, go have a look. Go have a look at the workshop details. Go have a look at the Facebook page. There's some pictures up there that we took from that trip. Yes. Uh, I think you'll find it's quite enticing if you're into your landscape photography. Um, it's very good. Um, what have you got coming up, Brendan? Are you doing anything apart from working in the shop? What have you got? Back into the Any back work? into the rhythm of retail, um, which you know. It's a means to an end. It gets me on to walks like the three capes. So yes. Um, so back into that. Lots of lots of printing to tick off in the next couple of days. Um, I have got my entry level workshop on Thursday night, which was last night when this goes out. So forget about that. Right. Sunday, I've got uh, Mr. Glyn Lavender down again at Ocean Grove I Camera. Thought, I thought you had one of those coming up. Yeah. Yep. Right. And we're running our natural lights, well, his natural lights portrait workshop again, which right. I'm very excited about because every time I do one of his workshops, I learn a lot. So looking yep. forward to that. And then on Monday, I'm heading down to Apollo Bay on the Great Ocean Road. Uh, uh, doing a bit more scouting for our Great Ocean Road workshop. Well, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited. And I'm going to um, take the lovely wife with me. We're going to have lunch down at Apollo Bay. So oh, she um, still knows who you are. I'm going to reintroduce myself and <laughs> and, 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 and hopefully she, she still likes me. <laughs> yeah, why is, this, why is this strange man forcing me into the car and saying that's we're going right, away? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Very good. Mm. Uh, well, I've and got, you, and uh, yourself, Cam. Yeah, I've got uh, Friday. I'm heading up to St. Helens on the Bay of Fires. Love it there. Another great spot. Uh, we have a two-day OM system workshop uh, on the Saturday, Sunday. A two-day? Uh, so, two-day, yeah. I thought I'd put it out there two-day. It's one of those self-drive ones, self-accommodate, self-feed ones. Cool. Um, yeah, so we got. I think I've got six people for that, which is really cool. Awesome. Um, and we're going to do some great shots along the coastline with a beautiful lichen rocks. Um, there is some cool waterfalls and also some cool rainforest in that section as well. So two days of having a look around um, should be a lot of fun. Um, and then and then after that, I've got a, another week or so off and then down to the southwest for a, a beautiful little trip as well. Brilliant. Well, that sounds good. We'll talk about that next week. So uh, that is it. That has been our special audio-only version of the Down South Photo Show. We're calling episode 111 and a half for some weird reason, but why not? Let's call it that. Right. Well, it's slotting in between the two, isn't it? It sort of is. It sort of is. So, so um, yeah. thanks, Cam, for talking with me no, for the last you. forty-five minutes or so. Uh, it's probably been longer than that, but anyway, whatever. Yep. Let's hope. Let's hope people listen for that long. This half-hour episode went for an hour. 
Yeah. <laughs> we didn't say it was going to be so let's do a short episode. Yeah, yeah, later. Sure. We just can't stop talking shit. That's the no, problem. We can't. Exactly. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We will talk to you next week on the Down South Photo Show. Bye for now. See you later. I don't know why I'm waving. We're not on camera. Wave anyway. <laughs> yeah.